Well, amen, and good morning once again, church. My name is Daniel, lead pastor here at North Roanoke Baptist, and on every Easter that I've been alive, I've been able to look out and see a full congregation or to be in the congregation looking at the pastor. So today is definitely different, but it's still Easter. The grave is still conquered through the risen Lord Jesus Christ, and we have a hope, and we have a future, and we have a confidence that COVID-19 can't take, that death can't take, and we are going to rejoice in and delight in that this morning. If you have your copy of God's Word, I want to encourage you to go ahead and flip over to, or maybe you're on your cell phone or your iPad, to scroll over to Matthew chapter 28, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, beginning in verse 1, and we're going to read down through verse 10 in just a moment. Before we do, I want to remind you that um, Jesus loves you, and we know that Jesus loves you because He proves who He is by doing exactly what He said He was going to do. So before we dive in, I want to say thank you for tuning in. I know it's unusual, I know it's awkward, but thank you for tuning in for what is hopefully our last ever Easter service that is only available by live stream. So, I want to ask and answer this question before we dive into the text. And the text, I think, is going to help us answer this question. And the question is this, what are the right responses to the resurrection of Jesus? What are the right responses to the resurrection of Jesus? Would you hear now the Word of God? Now, after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. The guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He's not here, for he is risen, just as he said. Come, see the place where he was lying. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to report it to his disciples, and behold, Jesus met them and greeted them, and they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid, go and take word to my brethren to leave for Galilee, and there they will see me. Would you pray with me this morning? God in heaven, we ask that as we worship in the hearing of your word today, that we would see Christ God, that we would see the risen Lord of lords and King of kings. God, I pray especially for those tuning in, maybe for the first time. Maybe this is the the first Easter sermon they would ever hear. God, what a privilege uh, to be able to preach that to them. I pray, God, that that you would uh, anoint me and fill me and cause me to communicate your word accurately. And Holy Spirit of God, that you would honor the preaching of your word. Lord, that you would build up your church today. That you would strengthen your church today that You would magnify Your Son today, and God, that those who do not know that their death is canceled by the 
death of Jesus and his resurrection for them, God, that today that they would see Jesus in a new way and that they would worship him in spirit and in truth. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to see three things in this text this morning. Because Jesus Christ has conquered the grave, because he's been powerfully raised from the dead, there's three things I want you to see. First, we must not let fear prevent us from considering the evidence of Christ's resurrection with an open mind. Secondly, we must see Jesus. We must see him by the eyes of faith and we must worship him. We see that in verse 9. And finally, we must obey God's command to tell others that Jesus is risen and where they too can meet him. First, we must not let fear prevent us from considering the evidence with an open mind. J.C. Ryle once said, The resurrection is the seal and headstone of the great work of redemption which Jesus came to do. It is the crowning proof that Jesus has paid the debt which He undertook to pay on our behalf. He won the battle which He fought to deliver us from hell, and He is accepted as our assurance and our substitute by our Father in heaven. The resurrection is good, good news. But so many still today reject it. Why do people reject the resurrection? I submit to you that people reject the resurrection because if the resurrection is is true, then it removes from us any argument that we would have that we can justify ourselves. That we can be good enough to get to God. It proves that God had to come down in order for death to be canceled. This yearning in our hearts, Ecclesiastes says that eternity is set on the human heart. This desire to not die, to not perish, is something that God has ingrained upon us and stamped and impressed in us as bearers of the image of God. But the only way that we can live forever in the favorable presence of God is through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus who now lives forever that death may die. Only the one who has conquered death forever has the authority to give you life forever. And if recent events have taught us anything, whether it's the passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter, or the advent of COVID-19, we are now learning, if we did not believe it before, we are beginning to believe it now, that we have very little control over our own lives. And we especially have little control over our death. James is right when he says, come now. You who say, today or tomorrow, we're going to go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. The whole world was saying this just six weeks ago. We're going to go, we're going to come, we're going to plan a vacation, we're going to do our own thing. And now the world has been brought to a screeching halt by a virus we can't even see with our naked eye. James continues, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. Church, there's only one who has ever walked the earth with the authority over his own life and his own death. And his name is the living Lord Jesus Christ. In John chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus says, no one takes my life from me. 
but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. And praise God, He did take it up again. Which means if you'll surrender your life to Him, to His authority, He has the authority to raise you up when He returns to life everlasting. He has this authority because Jesus is God in the flesh. And the resurrection is the proof. And if Jesus is truly raised from the dead, then everything that He said about Himself is true, and all that the disciples said about Him is likewise true. And because the resurrection is true, this means that Jesus, because He has the authority over life and death, Jesus is the judge over life and death. In John chapter 5, verses 21 through 23, Jesus says, "...just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life..." Even so, the Son also gives life to whom He wishes. For not even the Father judges anyone, but He has given all judgment to the Son. Listen closely. So that all who will honor the Son, even as they honor the Father, he who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. The Father is very interested in what we do with Jesus, His crucified and now risen Son. The Son gets to judge life and death based on what we do with His life, death, and resurrection. That's a terrifying thought, isn't it? God came down and we crucified Him. God left heaven to rescue us and we took His name in vain. God was patient and patient and patient with us and we kept on sinning. And this reality, combined with the presence of an angel who's as white as snow and a great earthquake, look at verse 4, it has the soldiers quaking with fear. Verse 4 tells us they fainted away. Ryle says this, Those hardy Roman soldiers, though used to dreadful sights, saw a sight which made them quail. Their courage melted at once at the appearance at just one angel of God. Don't miss what Matthew is showing us, church. It's as though the guards are dead because Jesus is alive. And the same is true for many who are probably tuning in today, that apart from trusting in Jesus, it's like you're dead. Ephesians 2 says that all humanity, apart from saving faith in the resurrected Christ, are dead in their trespasses and sins. But if you'll turn your life over to Christ, if you'll bow your knee to Jesus now, He'll give you the promise of life forever in a new heavens and a new earth with Him. But if you will not, then that's a terrifying thing indeed. Because Revelation 6 says you will encounter the wrath of the Lamb of God. Today is the day to move from fear to faith. The guards shook with fear, but the angel commands, look at verse 5, commands the women to stop being afraid. Don't be so terrified by the powerful work of God in the resurrection that you miss what God wants to do for you through Christ's resurrection. Don't let your fear of the terrifying, awesome, holy, clean power of God prevent you from seeing what God can do for you in this resurrection. Don't let it cause you to be so terrified that you put your head in the sand and try to explain away the resurrection. God 
will move you from fear to faith if you'll honestly consider the resurrection and stop trying to justify yourself and your sin before a holy God who had to do something about your sin for your death to be arrested and life to be given to you. This Easter, believe the angel's words. Look at verse 6. He is not here. He is risen just as He said. The Old Testament says it. The angel said it. And Jesus Himself said it a time and time again to His disciples that He must suffer and die and be raised on the third day. And Jesus came and did exactly what He said He was going to do. And that means Jesus is who He says He is. Therefore, what we do with the resurrected Christ is what God will do with us. We cannot reject so great a gift and go unpunished. Those who continue to deny the resurrection even to this hour, I want you to hear what a pastor named Tim Keller says. He says, To my skeptical secular friends, I say this, even if they can't believe in the resurrection, they should want the resurrection to be true. Most of them care deeply about justice for the poor, alleviating hunger and disease and caring for the environment. Yet many of them believe the material world was caused by an accident and that the world and everything in it will eventually simply burn up. We find it discouraging so few people care about justice without realizing that their own worldview undermines any motivation to make the world a better place. Now listen to this closely. If the resurrection did not happen, why sacrifice for the needs of others if in the end, nothing we'll do, we do will make any difference? However, if the resurrection of Jesus happened, that means there's infinite hope and reason to pour ourselves out for the needs of the world. And praise God, church, Christ has risen. And when we move from fear to faith, then we, like the women at the tomb, discover that there are solid reasons for affirming the resurrection. Look at just one of them in verse 6. The angel commands the women to come and see what they can't see. You were here back in Matthew 27, 61. You were here. You saw the body of Jesus laid right here. Come and see that His body is no longer here. Church, don't let your rightful fear of God keep you back from receiving the gift of life through His Son. Don't deny the presence of God. Don't keep trying to cover your sin or deny your need for Him. Turn from fear to faith in the resurrected Christ today. You say, well, how do I do that? Confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. That He owns your life. That He tells you where to go. That He gets to set the rules and the agenda for your life. And then believe in your heart as Mary and Mary did at the tomb when they did not see His body anymore. Believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead and be rescued today and forevermore. And when that happens, the next thing you see down in verse 9, skipping verses 7 and 8 for just a moment, when that happens, when you give your life to Christ, when you turn from your sinfulness and your self-worship and your own agenda and give it all to Christ, then you get to see Jesus and worship Him. 
Notice the progression of the commands. In verse 5, the angel says, stop being afraid. Then in verse 6, the angel says, come and see. And I think it's interesting that the angel says to come and see what they can't see. Come and see what's missing. We, we don't get a videotape of the resurrection of Jesus. We get disciples who die for the truth that they saw the risen Christ. We get women at the tomb listed as the first witnesses. Now in the first century, you don't put women at the tomb as the first witnesses unless they're the first witnesses because their testimony didn't even count in the court of law. And yet the disciples tell the story exactly as it happened because Christ is really raised from the grave. Consider the evidence of the resurrection and flee to Jesus. Now that Jesus is ascended at the right hand of the Father, where He intercedes and pleads and prays for those who trust in Him by faith, the way that we see Jesus is through the eyes of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who, seek Him. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand. God does indeed want you to see and behold and adore and magnify and worship His Son, but seeing Jesus requires believing in Him. We must see Him by the eyes of faith. If you stay, if you will, at the tomb trying to deny what these women suddenly realized was undeniable, then you're never going to leave the tomb. You're never going to leave the grave and never going to get to meet Jesus along the way. Will you or will you not believe the Word of God? Has God spoken about our sin and His Son as the remedy? Or has He not? There is no murky middle with God. There is no Christian light with God. You can't say, I'm just going to be as good as I can and think good, happy thoughts about Jesus when I want to, but not really engage with His church and not really live my life for Him and be saved. Salvation is wholly a work of God through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, or it's nothing. Paul says, if Christ is not raised, then we are most of all to be pitied. Has Christ died, been raised for your life or not? Will you live for Him or not? Did God keep His Word or did He not? Those are the choices. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And if you'll give your life to Him, you'll find a whole new way of living and a whole new way of seeing that will give you joy and purpose and meaning from now and forevermore. In Luke 16, we see a story about a rich man who ignored a poor man at his gate every day and the rich man dies and because he ignored the poor man he goes to eternal torment and we get a picture of what it's like there because he's crying out to Abraham where the saints of God are held and he says just just bring me a little bit of water have someone bring me some water for my for my tongue and Abraham says Who's going to believe you? Because they have the scriptures, and if they won't have, if they have the scriptures and will not believe the witness of the Old Testament about Jesus, then they wouldn't even believe a man raised from the dead. The problem for you, if you still reject the resurrection of Jesus today, is not that you do not have enough evidence. The problem is a wicked heart and an arrogant rejection of the word. Of God. God has 
spoken. He's spoken about His Son. And Jesus has conquered the grave. And that is where we find hope. Jesus knew our prideful tendency to keep seeking proof. Do you remember the disciple named Thomas? Thomas wasn't there at the first appearance of Jesus with the disciples. And he's like, no way, I... I'm not sure about this Jesus stuff. And Jesus comes into the room. He's been raised from the dead. And, and Jesus invites Thomas to, to touch his side and to, to see that he really is the resurrected Christ. And do you remember what Jesus said in that moment? He said to Thomas, Because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see and yet believe. Mary and Mary move from the tomb with the eyes of faith. They haven't seen Jesus yet. They've only seen that He's not there. And here's what you need to know. When you see Jesus by faith, it leads you to encounter Him along the way and to worship Him. Now I'm skipping over 7 and 8 for just a moment. Look down to verse 9. The women obey the command of the angel. They leave the tomb on a mission to go and tell the disciples. And Jesus greets them along the path of obedience. The women are sent to the, to the disciples to tell them where they too can meet Jesus, and Jesus meets them. And when they see Jesus and realize who He is, God in the flesh who left heaven to die for them, there's only one appropriate response. They worship. They worship. That word worship means to fall down before, to to go down, to to plant one's face before, to to assume a posture of extreme humility. And notice they worshipped Him at His feet. Now here's an image that I, I couldn't get out of my mind as I was studying this week. Mary and Mary at the feet of Jesus. Mary and Mary at the feet of the resurrected King of glory. And it says that they seized His feet, that they clutched His feet, that they grabbed His feet, that they would not let go of the feet of Jesus. In Matthew 5.35, we read that the earth is a footstool for the feet of the Lord, and now they're seeing that the Lord is in their midst. People... Throughout the Gospels, Matthew 15.30 tells us, had brought the lame and the crippled and the blind and the mute to be healed at the feet of Jesus. Those spike-pierced feet just days earlier were the closest part of Jesus' body to them as He was suspended on the cross and He pushed from His feet through the pain and He pushed His body up just to open up His lungs enough to get one more gasp of air and with each breath he pushed himself up from those feet and eventually those bloodied and butchered feet stopped pushing and the one that they had thought would deliver them was dead the dream that seemed to be coming true in the life of Christ now seemed to be a nightmare when those feet failed. And no angels came to rescue their king. But now, it was the third day. And these women 
finally got to see. Jesus was alive. Jesus had conquered the grave. Jesus had won. Jesus was more victorious and had conquered more than they had dared conceive or imagine. Jesus is Satan's superior. Jesus is sin's silencer. Jesus is death's destroyer. Jesus conquered the grave and Mary and Mary worshipped and praised and marveled and delighted at those nail-scarred feet of Jesus. And the question this morning is, will you lay your life down and join them in worshiping Christ, the risen King? Because Revelation tells us that one day Christ is returning again and all who will fall down today at His feet and worship Him will endure forever. But those who fail to fall down in the authoritative resurrected presence of Christ, Christ is coming again and when He does, those resurrected feet will trample the grapes of wrath. That means that all who fail to trust in Him now will be subject to the wrath of God, but all who receive Him by faith now, who go to the feet of Jesus, like the the lame and the crippled and the lepers, those who recognize that their sin has twisted them and warped them and is leading to their death, that Jesus at His feet, He will heal you from the inside out. Today, go low and worship at the feet of Jesus. All the misery and suffering and death our sin deserves was laid on the Son of God and He conquered it for us. If you don't know Christ today, hear the message of the angel. Hear the message of Jesus. Let the Spirit of God confront you with the horrible, heinous, wicked reality of your sin and then lead you to the glorious remedy that we have at the feet of Jesus. We were made for worship, church. And once you see Christ and worship Him, you'll also realize that we were made for witness. We were made for mission. We were made to be healed by the Messiah and then to go on mission to declare that healing is found in Him and in Him alone. Which brings us to my final point. We, like Mary and Mary, must obey God's command to tell others that Jesus is risen and where they can meet Him. And I just want to tell you, you can meet Jesus at the place of repentance and faith. If you'll turn from your sin and give your life to Him and follow after Him, you can encounter the risen Christ and know what it is to worship Him. And when that happens, notice the progression of the commands once more. Verse 5, stop being afraid. Verse 6, come and see. And then in verse 7, tell somebody. When you encounter Christ by faith, you got to go tell somebody. Body. And look at verse 8. They left the tomb quickly. It is that simple. Once we see the resurrected Jesus by faith, we are commissioned to go and tell others. In this case, they're supposed to go tell the disciples. And do you remember what happens at the end of Matthew 28 when Jesus gets to meet the disciples? He tells them the same thing that the angel told the women. Go tell somebody. In fact, go make disciples. Baptize and teach. Baptize and teach. And as the women go, they go with great fear and with great joy. The only thing that I can think of to help us understand this mixture of fear and joy is perhaps getting married or, or having a child. When you get married, you're, you're, you don't want to mess it up. There, there, there's a fear. 
There's a weightiness, there's a gravity to it, and yet there's this amazing joy that, I don't know about you, but when I, when I married Stacy and she said yes when we got engaged, and then she actually didn't bail out for a whole year until we got married, and then she stood there and she didn't run away, I was overjoyed. It was a miracle. How much more to be brought into the family of God by one who left heaven to come down to live the life you should have lived and didn't and to die the, de- to die the death you deserve to die, but now don't have to if you'll trust in Him. Once Jesus is with the disciples, He gives them the same commission. Jesus came to rescue broken sinners. He came to restore them to God's good purposes for their lives and to send them back into a broken world so still others may see Jesus and worship Him. Church, if you know Christ this Easter, you have a mission. You have a job. We worship at His feet and then we witness to anyone else who will listen to us along the way. The Apostle Paul says it this way, We are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. This morning, if you're tuning in, and you don't know Christ, the risen King of kings and Lord of lords, I beg you this morning, be reconciled to God. Know what it is like to encounter the love of God through Christ. Trust in Jesus, His Son. See Him. Worship Him. Behold Him. And then boldly go and join His church on this great mission of telling the whole world that God has come in the person of Son, of His Son. He's conquered death, hell, and the grave. And if you will trust in Him, then you can be a part of the greatest mission there ever was or there ever is to worship the risen King of Kings and to tell everyone you can until He comes Again, this morning, if you don't know Christ, don't waste another minute. Don't waste another day. Turn from your sin and trust in Christ, the risen Savior and King of Kings. Trust Him. Worship Him. And tell somebody. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we give You praise that the grave has been conquered We give You praise that the tomb is empty. We give You praise that You poured out Your Holy Spirit who convicts of sin and righteousness and judgment. And Your Holy Spirit convicts in sanctuaries, but He convicts in cars and in living rooms and over cell phones and iPads and televisions. God, we give You praise that that even coronavirus cannot cancel worship this morning. God, we give You praise that There's a hope and a future through Christ. And God, I ask that that wherever there's someone listening and they don't yet belong to You through faith in Jesus, that today, that they might pray something like this, Lord Jesus, I need You. I am a sinner. I've said things and done things and thought things that have displeased God. And I deserve death. But Jesus, I believe You came for me. Jesus, I believe that You conquered the grave for me. And from this day forward, I ask, Holy Spirit of God, that You would fill me and equip me and enable me to live for Christ. And as soon as I'm able to to go into a church building and to learn more about You, that that I want to be there. 
And I want to meet other people who are on mission with you. And Jesus, I want to spend the rest of my life at your feet worshiping you and with other people on mission for you until you come again. If that's your prayer this morning, then the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, that He will rescue you. That your death has been arrested by Christ's life and you can now live with Him forever. If that's something that you've done, then I want to ask you if you'd reach out to our church family and let us know. Lord Jesus, we give You praise as we stand and sing our final song that You have conquered death, hell, and the grave, that death has been arrested. We thank You and praise You in Jesus' name. Amen.